Two Nerds and a Joke with Robert and Ernie. It's kind of adorable how they think this is going to work. Thank you, disembodied hot girl voice. It's Two Nerds and a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Yay, we're here. Yeah, we're here. So on today's episode, we got a killer interview with uh, with one of our friends of the podcast. Yay, our first real interview. Very exciting, I tell you what. Legit, a legit interview. This is somebody that's in the comic book world, and he has some serious nerd bona fides that he's going to, uh, you know, expand your mind on. Yeah, and the funny thing with him is, is that it's not just an interview – that's just fun, which it was absolutely. But it's you're gonna. We learned a lot. I know you guys are gonna learn a lot. This is a guy. He has his own stuff. He has uh, what is it? LGS? No, uh, LS. JLS. <laughs> JLS. 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 Almost Justice League, but JLS Comics. Yes, JLS Comics YouTube channel. He does a lot of podcasting. He writes articles for comic books. He is a comic book. Guru nerd. I mean, he gets to a point where he can literally just off the top of his head name issues and stuff. So, if you ever want to talk to a true comic book fanatic, this is one of those guys. So, very, very exciting to uh, have him and do the interview. So, uh, I think that's really it for him. And that's that's all he needs to know. Is that's just that's just everything. So, we're definitely very excited. Excited. Oh yes. And uh, we're gonna get right to it. Let's get it. All right. Hey everybody, this is uh, Two Nerds and a Joke with Ernie and Robert, or Robert and Ernie, however it's put in the titles, I can never seem to remember that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so to speak. Um, we have a very special episode for you, um, for all you uh, all of our listeners. We have an actual interviewee. Yay! Uh, <laughs> an actual legit one. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, Jesse, uh, I want, uh, you basically do a lot of the... Uh, the, you're basically in the same realm as we are, comic books, entertainment, movies. You're all about that. So tell us about your nerd bona fides, if you don't mind. Okay. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. So it's a pleasure to be here. Um, fantastic show. So I, I really i am happy to be here. I appreciate that. So I have actually been collecting uh, for, oh, geez, uh, I would say since I was about five years old. Wow. I, I actually still remember – the first book that I got from from an uncle of mine, it was uh, it was uh, West Coast Avengers Annual number two. It was part of a follow up to one of the first content. Well, it was the first sort of big event that Marvel did. It was Contest of Champions, and they were you know all the superheroes. It was Avengers and West Coast Avengers, and they were, I remember they were playing a baseball game, mm-hmm. and they were uh, yeah in, in in full armor or full costume playing a baseball game. Right? I mean, oh, how yeah. else would you do it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. That, but uh, you know, then there was there was death and the collector, and they started this big event, and there was these uh, superheroes, and it just sort of captivated me from from that young age, and it just you know I've been collecting ever since, and now I'm you know in my 30s, so you, you can do the math on that. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, do you still have all of them though? You know, I I I've had two collections. I have it was I think it was about. 1999, 2000, around the time I, I started, you know, going to college and, you know, some changes in life happened and what have you. Not those kind of changes, just, you know. <laughs> so I was just going to ask, well, what's up? <laughs> Geographical changes, I guess. Okay. So I actually had to sell off my 
my old collection and I kind of I hate to say it I really do but I kind of fell out of you know being a collector and being a nerd for for a few years and then I guess the movies hit the movies started getting popularity you know the Marvel movies with you know the Spider-Man movies and then you know Iron Man came out and um it kind of the scenery and and the images I guess from, from the from the movies just really just drew me back into it and um I really started being curious about okay it's been quite a few years now what's happening in, in comic books these days where are the stories where are those characters that I love what, what's happening to them now so I actually started um about say two years ago collecting again and um you know it, it's kind of fun because it gave me an excuse to the, all those stories that I remember that I was telling you about especially that that one I finally got that last year and completed the story by the way oh, um nice. good for you yeah right so after all this time i like i had that issue but i didn't know what happened like how did it end how did it start i don't know but this issue is cool yeah it's a cool end <laughs> issue but let's get the rest of the right. story right <laughs> exactly i have no idea what's going on but i like it um go. no but um yeah so i finally completed that whole story arc nice. um all these years later but you know it, it kind of gave me an excuse to go back and, you know, hunt down those old issues and, you know, rediscover things that I had forgotten about and, you know, just recapture my, my love for, for the whole genre. And uh, it, it's been a, a crazy ride ever since. I, I now I have a large collection. I have uh, many thousands of comic books. I really started, you know, because of the, the movies, just kind of getting into um, the, uh, the the modern stuff, you know, the, the mm-hmm. year or two old stuff. But lately I've really been getting into, you know, the, the silver and, and the golden age uh, book. So that's kind of where, where my collection is going these days. And uh, one of the things that really um, helped to, um, uh, I guess, supplement the, the hobby, having sort of an outlet to be able to, to share, you know, because I, I feel like I've gained a lot of knowledge about the industry and, and the history of it and just it, anything kind of relating to it. So I, I started a YouTube channel, I would say, about, geez, about six months ago now. Oh, really? Okay. Um, so I thought it was longer yeah. than that, but that's really cool. Yeah, no, it's it like it has the history, you know, when you look at it, you're like, well, this has been a while, and then you're like, no, but it looks like it should be. <laughs> it's very well done. Oh, what's what's the channel for our listeners? What's the channel? It is called JLS Comics. So what is a JLS? Obviously, I'm assuming it's JLS. Yep, that's my initials. Your initials. It, it almost yep, reminds JLS. me of JLA. It's like Justice League, but still yeah. and stuff. Well, <laughs> but Justice it, it could be, yeah, the the. the the Jesse League Society. There you Justice go. League. Yeah, <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah. That's great. Anything well, that's a... DC is good with me. Anything DC. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. See, um, I'm a fence sitter. I like uh, like things on both sides. I like a little Marvel, a little DC, and occasionally a Dark Horse here or there. I do too. I I, I see a lot of people saying, "Oh, I, I only go for the Marvel stuff, or I only go for the DC, or even those." So I only go for the big two. But there's a whole other world out there to really experience and enjoy. So myself, I love Marvel. I love DC. Not everything, of course, but there are, you know, books, characters, stories that I love from both. And then there are tons of independent books that are really fantastic. Some of the the smaller press publishers and the indie guys that I would, if you haven't, I would really recommend, you know, checking out and exploring. Well, can you give a couple examples for our listeners, like some interesting, interesting to you, like, what would you yes. recommend for somebody, like, pulling away from the big two, the DC Marvel? Like, what would you recommend for, like, myself? I don't do indie. The last time I did indie, it was TMNT, like, circa 1988. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> nice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, the, the big two are very heavily uh, superhero oriented. So it kind of depends on like if you want to break away from that particularly, that subgenre, let's call it, of, of this whole genre. You know, something like Images Saga, for example, it's like a, a giant space opera that it, it's really fantastic story. I would recommend as a starting point Saga. And I would get it because the, the first few issues are fairly expensive now because everybody loves it. Um, exactly. Look for right. Look, look for the uh, the trade paperbacks. Uh, okay. I think uh, volume one is nine ninety nine, and then it goes up to four ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine. Excuse me, for the uh, the subsequent volumes. But uh, if you want something to try out, kind of dip your toe in the water for indies, check out Saga. Nice. And I, I I've seen a few indies. I used to do a lot of image. What kind of happened with that though? Because image was really big for a while. I mean with a lot of stuff they were doing and then they just kind of faded and now they're kind of out there still. But what do you feel has been the, the reason for that kind of making it's kind of going up and down in its popularity image of the nineties and image of today are they're incomparable. Really? I mean, like you look at them and you just can't tell it's the same company. Wow. Um, you know, an image started with, with Liefeld and Todd McFarlane, Mark Silvestri, all those guys back in, I think it was early 90s in any case. Yep. They, it was the, the extreme era, right? Everything was extreme and everything had like, you know, super violence and, oh, the, yeah. you know, the, the, the TNA for the, the female <laughs> characters in their, in their bikinis was, you know, just, it, it was crazy. Um, so basically what I, my opinion is that they had to reinvent themselves. They had to kind of reestablish themselves. A lot of the the people who started with Image ended up leaving for whatever reason, you know, falling out. Like Liefeld had a big falling out with them, for example. But they, you know, they they had a lot of the superheroes and and what have you, and all these sort of little sub companies within it. Um, some of them uh, went with Jim Lee to DC, um, and then you know the rest of them kind of remained as their own. And to be viable, they had to sort of say, "This is what we have. This is." how we're different than Marvel and DC to sort of remain viable. Right. You have to do that, right? Differentiation, especially when there's big two out there, um, is slightly smaller. So you have to definitely do that. Right. And, you know, it's really worked for them, I have to say. They are doing so well, we almost can't call them an indie anymore. We almost have to start saying the big three. They're, They're doing really, really well and churning out some really fantastic content. So when, when we talk about indie and like, uh, I, like uh, like it was in our one of our sorry I'm stumbling over my words here. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just in awe that we have an actual guest. I'm not sorry. He's not sure how to handle himself. It's a. I'm not sure. I'm over here. I'm shoot. I'm taking shots. I'm drinking. I'm, oh, oh, thank so. you, Ernie. We all needed to know that you're doing that. Yes, yes. You know, a couple of shots of Smirnoff to loosen things up. You know. <laughs> there you so, go. I'm surrounded so, by cats, so you know we all have our thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so, so Jesse, question for you: When you yes. say indie, like uh, there's a fine line that uh, that some of these publications walk. Like, when does an indie publication become like mainstream, and when do they stay indie, in your opinion? That's a that's a tough question. I honestly, I, I'm not sure. You know, there there are so many out there that kind of do their own publishing. I, I, I guess as, if you're not DC or Marvel, then you're indie, just kind of by default. <laughs> right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I Honestly, it, it, from my knowledge of it, I don't think that there's any clearly defined sort of like dividing line between you're an indie or you're not. Yeah. Other sense. than you're not Marvel, you're not DC. Right, right, and that's kind of a and that's kind of a thing, a hard thing to overcome. I think what you're talking about when you're talking about image before, you know, it's. Right. 
out there, it's you know that big move of how publicly known are you? How publicly known are your characters? Because at the end of the day, no matter what you publish in in comics and how many readers you have, how recognizable are your characters? You know, they kind of drive you. You know, do you have a series or a set of characters that be like are, bam, you know who that is. You you've seen them everywhere. You know what they are. And I'm not sure Image has gotten quite there yet to hit the big three, but I think that's their kind of their next step to get there is to get those character driven, where people are, I mean, you know, cosplaying those characters and and dressing up as those characters. That kind of be could be part of that next step, I think. For right, the, for I, them. I I agree with that. Yeah. So so my second part to that. My second part to that question would be like if you were to pick like from the indie like outside the big the big names what would you say would be like an excellent thing to put like into mainstream media like a movie or a Netflix series or something along those lines uh, well, the one that I'm, I'm just recently getting into that I, I love it, it's sort of like a, a steampunky sort of uh, story it's by Peter Stegerwald. And Joe Benitez, it's called Lady Mechanica. Uh, Benitez Productions is, is the name of the company. And uh, it's this lady who's, you know, sort of mechanized and she hunts these monsters and it's set in like the 1800s. And they have a lot of steampunk aspects to it, you know, clockworks and, you know, modern technology, but sort of driven by, you know, steamworks and, and clockwork and what have you. It's a fantastic story. The art is really amazing. Some of the detail in it, it just like you, you can't find that in any of the others so i absolutely love that and i think it would translate very very well to film really yeah that's really cool and imagery especially the the steampunk but also um i can't think the word for it right now but the 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 kind of the goth steampunk that you see a lot kind of a weird crossover and i'm trying to you said it's called woman of mechanica or girl uh, Lady Mechanica. Lady Mechanica. With a K. All right, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking, at, right, I'm looking at it looking up right now so I can get an idea of what it looks like. And I suggest our listeners do as well because, um, right. yeah, I'm looking at it now. This is actually really nice. It's dark. It definitely looks like dark imagery, very mm-hmm. gone, but that. That definitely looks really cool. Um, and I've done some steampunk stuff myself for Dress Up and Cosplay back in the past. We went to a couple of events, and it's really cool. You know, of that era and what what would have happened if this happened, kind of thing. So I think that's kind of a cool concept for any comic. Um, right. But I wanted I wanted to get to you the really big question that I have that bothers me as as I have you know all the electronic devices and one of the things I've, I have apps for and have seen in the past and gotten here and there is the digital comics. Um, Marvel, DC obviously have apps that you can literally just download your comics right to your device and mm-hmm. watch them, if you will. In some sense, it's kind of a, a watch mechanic. But in your mind, is there going to always be a place for real comics? Does the digital media of these electronic comics really have a place in the market, or do you think it's just kind of a fad that may disappear? I think it's not going to disappear. I, I think that it's definitely... Uh an inevitability of where we are, you know, technology-wise in, in our society. And I think it's, a, 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 frankly, a good idea to have that other venue or that other outlet and another uh, entry point, I guess, for for some new people, you know, new collectors and, you know, people who want to try something out. They're typically, you know, 99 cents for, for a digital book, so it's less of a, a commitment, I guess, to, you know, you can just go on your, your device and download something for 99 cents and check it out versus, you know, driving to the store. It's $4 book, you know, 
whatever right. you want to get. So in that aspect, I like it. However, I don't think it's going to uh, take over for, for paper. Right. Um, I, I think that, you know, people have been saying that, you know, uh, the paper industry is dead. Newspapers are dead since, you know, the, the 70s, right? Oh, yeah. um, but, but you know, they're, they're still putting out newspapers. There is uh, a certain aspect to, to that, you know, having that physical copy in your hands that you just you, you can't replace. You know, what, one thing that I, I thought was interesting is, you know, it's there, but they don't really heavily market it. You know, there, there's a DC app, there's a Marvel app, there's Marvel Unlimited, you know, Comixology, for example. But you don't see them in places where you would think that, you know, because I was saying how it, it, I think it's best for like a, a new entrant into it. Right. So to have, say, a, a part of uh, the preview for, you know, you go see Civil War or you go see the new Batman v Superman movie. Why isn't there a little ad or a little clip for if you like this, go download this off of Comixology, for example? Right, right. And I love that's actually one of the first ones I tried was a Comixology because it has a lot of, it had a lot of cool stuff on it. Still does. Um, right. Yeah, you, you you don't see because that's the the funny thing, and, and I'm learning that now as we we're just starting this podcast is there's a huge difference between being online and then how you advertise offline. You know, in right. the real world, you have to do advertising somewhere for your stuff. You can't – you can do it all solely digitally, but there's a difference between meeting people face-to-face, talking it, doing it, being one with the populace, and really getting the advertisement out there. And you're right. A lot of the digital comic book uh, apps and things like that are not doing any promotion. It's just you happen to stumble upon them or you search up, you know, I'd like to take this on the road with me, and you're like, oh, there's an app, and let's go with that. Um, it's kind of a more of a fall upon it than it is an actual like go out and find this and like you see advertising for it everywhere the only crossover I've seen I don't know if you've seen this a lot because you're collecting actively as you are but sometimes you can download a digital copy of a comic if you buy it in the store they say here's how to download a digital copy I have seen that but this... Right, I, I've gotten that in some of the the blind boxes. You know, they yeah. have the um, you know loot crate, you know mm-hmm. things like that where you can get a monthly. Right. Um, they'll have like a little you know promo thing in there. But the other thing you, you can do sometimes, especially well, I guess it's just with Marvel, is they have like a little sticker inside mm-hmm. of it. It's like if you like this book, you can get your your digital copy. But in that uh, case, you already have the the, the book. It's not right. something you kind of found separately, right? Right. Because you already have it in your right. hands. Yeah. It's kind of like what they do with the movies, too. It's like, here, you have the physical movie. Now you can download right. it digitally to your iPhone, which, which I did for Star Wars. I have it on my iPad, and I watch it all the time on my iPad. So, you know, nice. that's really cool. That's really fun. So <laughs> it definitely is optional. But again, is it something you're going to go out and do a lot of? Probably not as much. Right. So it seems like, based on what we're talking about, it's more like a, uh, a supplement mm-hmm. to collecting. It's yeah. something you can do extra or, you know, you can extend it to, you know, trips or you can extend it to, you know, your lunch break. You want to watch a scene. So I don't think it's going to replace anything, but I think it's doing an okay job of supplementing. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've been listening. I've been listening to this and I'm very intrigued on this um when it comes to uh, collecting, when you see like out there, I don't know if you have any uh, contemporaries that you uh, that you run in circles with, like in your own circles. Um, what do you see like a like the big thing now? Like, is it is it so much that people are gravitating more toward the movies, or more people going toward the the comic book series, or are they just like like nerds like myself and Robert who are just like, you know what, you have our money. Just give us something. As long as you treat it serious, we'll be good with it. What, what's your take on that? I, I think that a lot of people are uh, chasing 
with, with their collections, their uh, first appearances and key issues. So like the movie will come out and, you know, three, three characters are in it. Somebody, you know, like the Deadpool movie, they had Ajax and they had mm-hmm. um, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Those, those two books, the, the value on those just skyrocketed. Everybody oh, ran sure. out and wanted to get those, you know. But before that, who the hell were they? they nobody knew. But, you know, because the say, movie, that was exactly was? my point. Like, Robert <laughs> yeah. didn't know. Robert's, like, going to this with his girlfriend saying, oh, this is like a date movie. And I'm like, no, it's not a date movie. <laughs> it is yeah. a love story. I will fight that. It but, is. yeah, because I didn't know who Ajax was off the top of my head. I was a Deadpool fan for ages, but I don't remember seeing Ajax, like, as a big villain. And then no, Supersonic yeah. Teenage – I mean, what the heck was she? She had awesome powers. And the, yeah. the, she, the, she, she appeared really in good. one book. Okay. Yeah, she appeared in one book. I think it was uh, – uh, oh, shoot. I don't know what it was. It was, uh, was New, it New X-Men, Mutants? I think, or New, or New Mutants. It was number 115. Oh, wow. See, yeah. this is why we have you. You can name issues. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes, that's some yeah. bonus games right there. <laughs> that's some serious – that is great. Okay, so, so she was there, but you're saying, as you're saying, it's, it's a small character. And I like mm-hmm. the fact that, that one thing that Marvel's doing, and DC to a smaller extent, but I think Marvel is, with their movies right now, is really bringing out these t- small characters. I mean, when people heard about Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, people were like... I was one of them. Yes, you were. Yes, I was a little bit too, but I was like, okay. It was a fantastic movie, and it was like, nobody knew who these characters were. You know, unless right. you were a really serious fan of, you know, comics or you happen to have that series. Same thing with Ant-Man. I mean, oh, it was, yeah, it we was know an awful Ant-Man series. and Wasp Guardians Girl. of the Galaxy was awful. Guardians of the Galaxy was awful. I read a few of them. I was just like, was meh. Bad. You know, I just threw it. Yeah, I, I, it, didn't enthrall, it, it didn't really enthrall me. Like, and Jesse, just to let you know, like, what brought, brought me in from DC, because I'm a DC man. What brought mm-hmm. me in from DC to Marvel was the Mutant Massacre. That's what brought me ah, in. okay. So it's a good series. Uh, yeah. yeah. I actually just recently got speaking of mutants and X Men. I just got the. I don't know if you guys. Uh, I'm sure you, Jesse, you know um, the manga um, X Men series, uh, Ronan. I think it's called. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really cool art. Nice series. You know, they did some magical stuff there with Wolverine and how they uh, gave him some different powers and how they treated it. So, um, but there's a lot of random stuff out there that will introduce you to new stuff. And that's kind of what they're doing with the movies is introducing you to stuff. And as you said, um, Jesse, you know, um, it kind of says to people, okay, this is really popular. Go get this. And then it jumps up in value because everybody's now going exactly. to get it because they saw the yeah. movie moving. Um, all right, so I got a, I got a kind of a, a, a funny question for you. So, Curiosity, worst comic book series or single comic you've ever laid eyes on? Like, absolutely, like, oh my god, that's so awful. Who would make that? <laughs> um, well, I guess there's been a few. Yeah, I'm sure there um, is. <laughs> you can go to the top five list if you want. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna say Wetworks. Wetworks. The image book from the 90s. Yeah. Okay. It was a like a special. For, did, are you familiar with it? No, I'm not. Go ahead. Describe okay. how. Describe how it was awful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the whole premise of it's a little strange to me. It was a, a special forces team, and they went out. And, oh, it was like an alien symbiote that they like, attached to their bodies. So now suddenly they're like these gold people, and um, they. they Ended up fighting with some aliens, and it just it just seemed really scattershot, and it wasn't all that well thought out to me. And uh, the artwork was okay. It, it looks, was looks like it's like a lot of big guys, a lot of big guns. Yep, 
typical uh, quintessential 90s, uh, typical image of the time. Yeah, um, a lot of half-naked men. <laughs> right. It's like, what the heck? Well, there you go. Put a shirt yeah. on. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I'm, watch, I'm looking at the comic right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going through some images of it. And literally at every shot, there's, like, some guy wearing with big guns and not wearing a shirt. It's like, dude, put yeah. on a shirt. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you're proving my point for me. <laughs> yes. No, you're absolutely right. This is awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So give me another one. Another really bad one. I did not like... I didn't like Infinity, actually, which is a story arc from Marvel. Did you read that? Okay. Yeah, it was it was from 20... Oh, it was a couple years back. It was a giant story. It had, um, you know, Thanos in it. And it, it so the, the reason Infinity I... Infinity Stone, the one they're doing the movie of, you mean? Or? No, no, this was... Um, oh, shoot, I'm trying to think. It was a story arc, but basically what I... It was okay. It was... The thing I didn't like about it was... And this happens a lot, is the, these big events happen. These giant, you know... World changing suddenly uh, reset. It didn't happen. You know, uh, retcon. Okay, right. Like, yes. hate you know, yeah, yeah. One thing Marvel says is everything counts. You know, if it happened in a book, it counts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was um, reset rather quickly. But um, you know, Jonathan Hickman, I, I like his. He does some really great, you know, high concept sci-fi like he did. You know, with uh, Time Runs Out, and The Avengers, and Fantastic Four, which led up to Secret Wars and stuff. So he's a great storyteller. But I just really didn't like how this got reset so quickly. Okay. So – and that's kind of a funny thing because they've done that. And and speaking mm-hmm. of resets, and I know um, Ernie and I have talked about this a couple times. Recently they're doing it. You know, the New 52, the revamp of all of Marvel's story. It, well, well, to be fair, it's uh, New 52 and now it's going to be called Rebirth. Yeah, and I next saw month. some of the – did you see? Because I looked up online some of the characters, how they're going to look for the rebirth. Mm-hmm. Not thrilled with a lot of them. Some of them look good, but it's like some of them, the, the, the way they looked was great. Why make such a – and now they're going to bring back, it looks like, at least from the images I saw, like Batman's son. Damien's going to be back, and he's going to have his yep, own Yeah, Damien Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it looks like he has this strange cape that like goes up like he's from like the 1940s. It's really weird. But Marvel did the same thing too. They did this, you know, reset. Was it Marvel Now or whatever it was? Um, well, they they did Marvel Now, and then they did all new Marvel, and then they went to all new, all different Marvel. Oh Jesus! So now now that's for the right after Secret Wars. But quite frankly, it's not all that new, and it's not all that different. Not a whole lot's changed. So <laughs> no, I mean the one they've done the most manipulation. You can correct me here, obviously, Jesse, because you're the expert. But in my at least what I've seen the most they've done as far as stories, characters, has been a lot with Spider-Man. And I don't know yeah. why, but they definitely have, you know, they did the, the Miles Morales version. They did the, um, you know, the I don't even remember what they called, whether there's like all the, the infinite universe of Spider-Man all over the place, and they were hunting Spider-Man. And, I mean, there's a lot of good Spider-Persons, because some of them were women, obviously, uh, that came out yeah. of it. But it seemed a little much. Why, why keep reinventing over and over? Are you just that desperate to get back your, your your fans, or what do you think the, there was that kind of stemmed that, to push that out there? I think it is, well, Dan Slott is the, the, the main writer okay. for Spider-Man. Okay. Um, he, you know, there, there's other people who do the, the other stories that kind of branch off of there, but um, he's been on it for over 10 years now. So he, he knows the character very well, of course, sure. but I think, you know, he, after a while, it gets to be, okay, I've told this story, I've told that story, Three other people have told this story. So what can I do differently? How can I, you know, bring something new or 
what he thinks is new mm-hmm. and good to, to the the character, the story arcs, the, the title. So I think that's what he's doing at this point. After having been so long on the character, he's trying to reach out, you know, and grasp at different things to, to bring some something new and different into it. Um, like right now, Spider-Man is basically like Tony Stark, right? Mm-hmm. He, he owns Parker Industries. It's this giant global corporation. Um, he travels all over the world. Um, you know, different issues happen uh, like there's one that happened in, in Asia, one in London, I think. So that, that's not the Parker that I grew up with. You know, no. that's not the, the street level fighter in New York City, you know, with, with uh, teacher problems or, you know, problems right. with his aunt, you know. So right. it, it's really gotten away from the character that, that I know and love, my, my Spider-Man, let's call it. Right. No, the classic. And, and that's kind of the thing that, you know, the movies is trying to bring with the homecoming and all that, trying to go back to. And it's kind of interesting that. You know, they're taking Spider-Man in this adult direction in the comics, but they're trying to take it back to young, young, young Spider-Man in the mm-hmm. movies. And do you feel that, that maybe with a lot of the fans of the movies will start looking for those comics that follow that? or And do you think that the new comics where he's an older world traveler will suffer? Or do you think it will just grow because it's anything Spider-Man? Um, I think that uh, people are not really <laughs> – I'm not alone when I say uh, that people are really not liking the current run or, okay. for Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that the the movie uh, mm-hmm. with, with him in it and his, uh, his uh, untitled – oh, no, it's a Homecoming, right? Homecoming, um, yeah. Which, um, incidentally, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 252 is also titled Homecoming. It's oh. like an appearance of the black suit in it. Um, and a lot of the characters that they're teasing are going to be in the movie um, nice. are also happen to be in that story. So like we were saying before about chasing first appearances and key mm-hmm. issues, right. um, that might be one for you to look at. So. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. That's our next purchase, Ernie. Let's go on it. <laughs> My <laughs> gosh, dude. Jesse is just a world of comic book knowledge. Just dropping awesome. bombs. He even gave you an issue number. Yes. Like how bad is that? Um, we'll definitely have to talk because um, – my my son actually is wants to collect um, first appearances or appearances of um, Spider-Man in different costumes. Like he has the the green gloss, the green glo- uh, glossy Spider-Man, um, the metal Iron Spider um, right. issue. He has. I, I found the What If. Um, I don't think it's a first edition, but I think it's like a reprint of a reprint of a reprint. But it's the first appearance of a What If Spider-Man had gotten the black costume. Oh, cool. So a couple of ones like that. So I'll have to talk to you about more about which issues I should be looking for of other alternate world Spider-Mans um, I should be looking for. So we'll talk about that later. Okay. But, um, Absolutely. But yeah, a lot, of, a lot of exciting stuff with that. Now, what in your mind is something that is – obviously you have a large history, so we kind of went for the worst. But what in your mind is the best story in comics or some of the best stories you've seen that you really enjoy the stories of? I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to go with Spider-Man again. Uh, and uh, Superior Spider-Man was really fantastic story. Yeah. Um, and people didn't it, like that familiar? one at first, though. The one where Doc Ock took over his mind. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. People didn't I, like I it at it was... first, but it got there. Right, exactly. It was kind of a slow burn for a while. But uh, I, I liked it. And I like uh, – I'm going to – a lot of people didn't like it. So I'm kind of being the uh, the, the – the dissenter here but i liked uh one more day which is a spider-man story so it was a, a story from a few years back that basically 
made Peter Parker into with Mephisto, who was the, the Marvel um, Universe's version of, of the devil. Um, it was extremely controversial. A lot of people didn't like it just because he had to make that um, agreement. Um, but I, 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 when I finished, it was a four-part story. And I don't say this often, but I actually said, wow, out loud. Really? Yeah. That's really cool. Now, in this one, you said so basically saved her life, right? Right. So would this can would this would this kind of count as a kind of a, a reset in a sense? Do we see yeah. other ones? Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I'll definitely have a look at that one. I'm, I'm looking up now. It looks like it was a really kind of cool s- series too. Yeah, that whole run there. Um, you know, and then some of the the later ones like Big Time was good. That was another uh, story arc through. I think it was the 600s through nice. Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I actually have a two-part question for you there, Jesse. I hope I, don't, I hope you don't mind. Nope, go right ahead. <laughs> All right, so the first part is comic book art. Do you consider comic book art legitimate art? I do. Yes, absolutely. What I think, you know, yeah. I've been I've been trying to push this out to people. Like when people see comic books, like one of the things I always express to them is, you know, it's kind of like two different uh, mediums. There, you have the writing and you have the art kind of blending together. So. Um, do you do you do you consider it art? Absolutely, I do. I think that anything uh, in, the, in the art form that evokes any sort of emotion or thought uh, from you is art. And a lot of these, you know, the cover art. Let's talk about that. Um, a lot of the covers, you know, they they make you think about things. They draw out emotions, and that is some of the best art in the world through history. That that's what its goal is to to pull out emotion from you. So it. it Really, in my opinion, it's a different medium, yes, but it is also art. What What are some of your favorite pieces of in this in this genre <laughs> art? Would you consider some great covers? Some modern stuff. Modern or classic? Okay, well, I'll go with modern first. One of my favorite uh, cover art. Well, I'm calling him a cover artist. That's all he's doing now. Um, is J. Scott Campbell. Are okay. you familiar with J. Scott Campbell? He does a lot of. Well, he has his own book called Danger Girl, um, that's published through. Oh, I don't know. Publishing it now. I've heard of Danger Girl. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, Danger. Um, yeah, I've heard of that one. He's he's done a lot of. He's do, I think he's doing. Uh, um, Is he the guy and, who also does a lot of art for Disney too? Doesn't he? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, the way he draws the female, it's slightly unrealistic, but um, highly sexualized. That's so Jay if, Scott Campbell, right? Right. So yeah. if he's drawing for Disney, I, I'd be interesting. <laughs> Yeah, he actually he has a couple. I'm looking at the pieces now, and they definitely are a lot of female. Holy mackerel! Yeah, um, yeah this is some good stuff right here. Um, highly stylized, high over, highly over the top, rich colors, mm-hmm. a lot of right. lighting too. Um, the so yeah. the colors uh, he usually works with uh, Nii Rafino. Oh really? Female who does a lot. Yeah, colorist. She's really fantastic. Um, and I might be able to get in, in touch with her for you, by the way. Really? But, um, oh, that would be yeah. fantastic. This is some great art. Okay, so definitely, I can definitely see J. Scott definitely being a good. And so he's working Danger Girl, you said, is one of the ones he's working cover art, or that's his own series? That's his own series. He started it um, you know, way back in the 90s. Um, he had a, a title. And they, they put out minis now and then for it. Um, there was one that he's mostly is doing the uh, variant covers for Marvel. Mm. He's got one uh, coming out. And I, I mentioned Midtown. He does variants for them. Um, he, he's doing one for what is it, Civil War Two, the sequel. Oh really? Um, the, the oh first yes, I heard that. about yeah. that. Yeah, right. I heard about this. Hmm, that's really so, cool. All right, yeah. so we'll look for so, that. So, so modern. The second, so the second part of my question would be like, if I were to give you like the keys to the vault, like something that stirs Jesse to his core. Like what comic book art or comic art? Is that the correct term? Comic book art? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What what comic book art would you want? Would you want like a cover? Would you want like a panel series? 
What is it that you think like that brings everything together for you? Uh, I would go with uh, the original art for Hulk 181. Well, again with the numbers. 180. <laughs> <laughs> That's the so, first appearance so, of Wolverine. That don't know. Ah, oh, the okay. First, okay, all right. Okay, so Hulk versus Wolverine classic on this. Who, who um, did the artwork on that, Jesse? Who did the artwork on that one? You had to ask me that. I don't recall. <laughs> I know Len Wein was on the book. Uh, it, it was it was the second it was like the second generation of Marvel. It was past Joe Kirby, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a uh, guess it'd be considered a Bronze Age. Yeah, it's, yeah, it looks like it definitely Bronze Age. This is it also yeah. has Windigo in it too, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's an interesting look facially. I think for the characters, um, it's very unusual compared to what we normally see for Wolverine and even. Hulk and later is it's not as soft. It's more of a hard edge, hard edge appearance to the art. Um, a lot of like pencil scratchings around muscles and things of that mm-hmm. nature. So yeah, and I think that was up. typical of the art at the time. It's it's mm-hmm. really interesting how it sort of evolved and changed over time. Yeah, and I yeah. think we were talking about digital right earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the uh, influences on the art itself is also digital. A lot of the artists have gone towards digital drawing, drawing on the computer uh, versus, you know, you know, inking it out, penciling it out and then scanning it in or however that next step is. A lot of them are going right to digital, which I think is interesting too. That is kind of interesting. I mean, see for me, and I, I have a couple of uh, hand-drawn pieces from just friends and stuff like that. There's some, I mean, cause I used to draw, I don't, I never drew very well, but I enjoyed creating characters and superheroes by drawing and it kind of loses a little something, in my opinion, to do it purely digital. You know, it loses yeah. some of that art appeal, that hand-drawn, like, you're actually able to create that with your hands. Where digitally, you're still creating with your hands, but it's like, I don't know, it's like using a... It's the, it's the pressure, it's like something that you can, like, in the original, like a, like, a, like a panel. Like somebody that just did the panel work before it was inked. You could see, like, mm-hmm. from pressure points different stroke lines, those type of things. Mm-hmm. And with digital, I don't think you get that. I don't think you get no. the same feeling. It's very yeah. clean and polished. It doesn't have, like you were saying, the pencil strokes and the brush strokes. It's yeah. just like, okay, that's really cool that somebody sat down and was actually able to make this. It's amazing. Yeah. It's one of, one of my favorite things is when uh, we go to con- when I go to cons and, and run shows and stuff, um, to go by the guys and you know that are drawing like right in front of you and, and buy something, even if it's like just the the artist alley and just you know going. I have some friends who draw draw some stuff. It's like, I wish I'd stuck with it for myself and was still mm-hmm. able to draw like that. You know, even if it's slightly askew, it's still you're trying to give passion to the character. I think you kind of lose that with the digital a little bit. Right, I agree with that. Definitely, very cool stuff. Ernie, you got another question? So, 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 Jesse, um, just just thinking about now. I know that you've done some some writing. I saw a couple of like your articles that you've done, a couple right. of stories. Uh, now, just to let you know, I don't know if you know this. Probably you do. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Like that's like a deep part of my my soul, my being. Have you ever like like gotten into something that's like when you wrote something like it, it just brought you to like emotions like to a deep level? What was have you had one of those moments yet? Well, now that you mentioned that, I, I'm writing articles for a website called ComicBooked.com. Um, doing a lot of like news and you know, breaking news in the industry. It, it's been a lot of fun. I'm fairly new to doing that. It's uh, another sort of evolution of uh, my hobby and an extension of that. So I haven't had that experience. I love what I've written so far. It's a lot of fun and like just fascinating to me, you know, doing the research and everything. But I, I would say 
no, I haven't had that uh, with this yet. But I used to write a, a lot of uh, my own fiction. I used to I wrote uh, a few, not published, so don't get me uh, <laughs> wrong on that. But you know, it was, it was for my own fun. It was for my own enjoyment. You know, just writing right. you know novel length, you know, fiction or whatever it was. But you know, building the characters and you know drawing them through that, I did absolutely have some some moments like that writing those stories and just getting like involved in this whole world I was creating and you know actually being like the, the way sometimes when a writer will write out a story they'll do the outline and they'll know what from point a to point b where you want to take the character right mm-hmm. and then some people they write and it's just it, it evolves and they don't know where exactly it's going um and that's kind of the way i approached it when i was writing so i was kind of like you know there with the reader not quite sure what was going to happen and that really drew me into my own work that's really cool what kind of character stories did you do you write or have you written unpublished or otherwise right um, so they're basically uh, sort of like Tom Clancy stories, I guess. Oh, okay. That's yeah. very cool. So, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, because uh, the reason why I ask is because I've, I've tried my hand at writing very much unpublished. Um, and I, I, I wrote something. I started something, never finished it, which is part of the problem. Um, that's very science fiction fantasy. Um, so I was trying to see, you know, where, where genres match and, 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 you know, who's doing what out there. Have you tried to publish or have you just decided that this is just for my own personal amusement to get this out of my body and in, onto a piece of paper or typed up on a computer? Exactly. That, that's all it was for. It was an outlet for my creativity. Oh, that's great. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I'm hoping to try and get mine at some point published. We'll see if that actually happens. But always curious, fellow writers. So do you? So you? You? You obviously into the comics. You obviously write. Do you draw at all? Is that something you've tried your hand at? I used to draw a lot. Um, I had so many. You know those big art books. The ones with the I forget the name of them, but they had the the brown cover, the flip books. I had so many stacks of those filled with all these. You know. Uh, drawings and I would take a lot of times what I would do is take my comic books mm. and use those as inspiration and try to recreate uh, the cover or try to recreate the you know some of the interior work and I would I would be reading a lot of books mm. and try to sort of recreate on the page whatever that you know that imagery was that I was getting from the story like for example um, the Chronicles of Shannara Oh, God. I used to read those a lot right back oh, in the 80s. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Those were my first <laughs> books that I read. Yeah. And I try to refine them again because I've lost them through, as you put it, moves and changes in geographical location. And I try to find them again. And now it's like, oh, my God, he still wrote more. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, no. Um, but you, so you'd use those as some of your inspiration. Yeah. So I, I would be reading through those, and there'd be like these cool stories, you know, just descriptions of you know the this elf holding these elf stones. Then in the back, there's like mysterious like you know metal structure, which incidentally ended up being like a you know building from the past, which is our modern day, right? So the twist there was that it's actually in the future that it's happening. Oh, so wow. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I would take those those images that I would read in those chapters and try to translate that in my own way to paper. Oh, wow. That's really cool. That's really cool. All right. One more for you, Ernie. We're going <clears> to <throat> let this poor man go. Yeah, yeah. We've been, we've been pounding you with questions this whole time. Man, <laughs> so it's been fun. Yes. It's been fun. <laughs> All right. One last one, Ernie. All right. So here we go. We're going into We're going into the whole new, like, movie experience now what what's uh what movie because i i believe you you you're in a relationship as well correct yeah 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 
what's the next movie that you would want to take your significant other out to? Like, is she into this? No, that's part. Of it. No, oh. not at all. So it, it, it creates a, yeah, it creates a little bit of a friction, tension, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> is it tension? Because I have, I don't have the same problem, but it's kind of hard to to sell her. Like for for my girlfriend, it's kind of like I don't, I can, I could probably go without going Civil War, and I was just like my head exploded, and she's like, why are they fighting anyways? Like, aren't they all friends? <laughs> so, so I don't know if you come across those issues as well in like your personal life. Like you, you know, you have to satisfy your nerd part, and you want to be like in a relationship. I mean, is there like how do you do it? Let me ask you that. Right. So baby tension wasn't the right word, but it does create those situations where you're like, damn it, I, I just want to do this. So actually, it's perfect that you asked that because that is uh, kind of uh, one of the main reasons why I got into making my YouTube channel. Um, and being able to talk through a community there um, and show my books and really dive deep into my knowledge, which I can't share with anybody else, it seems like. Um, <laughs> well, see, you got to know Exactly. So uh, having that outlet or having this outlet really mitigates some of that, you know. I, I, I hate to use the word tension again, but I'm just going to, for lack of a better one. Use the word, um, use it. Yeah. You know, so, you know, there'd be situations where it's like, I want to go to my local comic book shop. And it's like, no, we can't do that. We got to go to Publix today. I'm like, oh. damn it. I really needed to. It's Wednesday. You don't understand. <laughs> oh, my God. We're Wednesday warriors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, ha- having the YouTube channel and now being able to write the articles I am for the website, um, it really goes a long way towards hopefully yeah. not having a, as many of those kind of uh, heated discussions. Have, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, it's funny too, because I, I was in that type of relationship at one point where it was, I was the nerd and the other person just was not. Um, but now yeah. it's almost the opposite where sometimes she's talking about some, something and I'm like, okay, I, I didn't know that. That's new to me. She's like, I'm not taking your nerd card away. I'm just done with you. <laughs> so I've run into the opposite where in some cases she's more nerdy of certain things than I am. So it's kind of funny mm-hmm. to have a reversal so complete. And that's not the funny thing is you have to share things with your partner. But, you know, it's a matter of where's the connection and where's the non-connection. Right. And it's interesting to, you know, identify those connections. And there are going to be inevitably somewhere, somehow, uh, some overlaps for example, we went to uh, a sale at a comic book shop uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was, and um, I was picking up some books. I just dragged along a few friends just you know, for fun. We had some other things to do, but I ended up finding uh, a whole entire run of – what was it called? True Blood, the oh. HBO show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right? my gosh. My girl's trying to get me to watch all that. It's not yeah. that bad. It's not great. But it's not that bad. It's better right. than shiny vampires. I'll give you that. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Their face is sparkling. Why? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, but that was the overlap, though, for us, right? Because, you know, a comic book and uh, a story that she loved. Um, and here it is, you know, my, my passion and, you know, that – Combining and it was something that we were able to to find that worked there, and um, just fi- yeah, finding those connections and overlaps is extremely important. Or if you can't, um, just um, setting that expectation that this is who I am, this is what I love, and I'm not going to force you to like it or love it yourself. 
but allow me the space to, to do that for myself. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That makes complete sense. So, Jesse, it has been fantastic talking with you today about all these things. We're definitely going to have you back. There's no question yes. about are that. Yes. You, are you now officially <laughs> a friend of the podcast, Jesse? Are you a friend? Yes, officially. Oh, yay! Awesome! All right. <laughs> all right. We got one. Awesome. Hey, Jesse, plug yourself. Where, where can people yes. reach out to you? At? What's your social? Are you on social media? Put all of it out there for us. I Please. am. I am on uh, Google+. Plus. Uh, most of where I am is going to be under JLS Comics. Mm-hmm. So my Instagram, my uh, YouTube, Google+, Plus, of course, because that connects to YouTube. Um, and my, my Twitter is different. It's um, at ComicsJLS. Um, and then the, the website that I'm writing for is called ComicBooked.com. Uh, and that's uh, under my full name, which is Jesse Stillman. Um, so that's out there in public. I don't mind saying that here, too. Um, so, right. So, um, <laughs> but between all those, uh, you should be able to find me fairly easily. Uh, just awesome. type in uh, JLS Comics somewhere. And I, I link, I try to uh, keep them all very well connected. So if you find me at one space, you're, you're going to find a link to one of my other social media platforms as well. So. Yes, and I try to make like, it easy for you. I do like also, your Google my, Plus my page. Fellow, it's really good. My fellow nerds, please reach out to Jesse. Yes. Follow his stuff. I loved your article on May the on May the Fourth be with you. That hit Thank me you. hard, bro. I loved it. Keep pumping out more stuff like that, man. Absolutely. You'll keep you keep it going, man. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much, Jesse. Ernie, that's a wrap for us today, everybody. We really appreciate Jesse joining us. Please, please again visit his stuff. Make him famous for us, will you, please? And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Yes, peace out. Peace out, everybody.